Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Is that in, why is that out in prominence? And that's a stubby little thing, isn't it? <laughs> Just edit that out. <laughs> We're recording, aren't we? Yes. God damn it. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Making Laughs Podcast. What a great way to start. Uh, I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me is my brother, Jesse Gleason. And we are missing one today. We are missing our Florida connection show, Jake. So oh, he pranked that one. I cannot sleep. I cannot dream tonight. I need somebody I at all ways. I miss him already. Brings an element of fun. I hope you Oh, sexy. Yeah, that's it. Gotta, gotta keep it sexy. Keep it sexy. Sex and violence. He's sex and violence. Alright, so yeah, we're missing Phil today. It's too loud, I can't speak over it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was going to say, you can keep it rolling, but you can turn it down. Oh, whatever, I don't care. Um, okay. This isn't making YouTube. But uh, we're missing Phil today. He is literally in his truck driving home to Massachusetts for a, a family emergency so he wasn't able to record with us tonight but we're thinking about him and his family and um yeah, we... yeah i mean that's a long trip he left at like eight o'clock last night he's so close and like but he's so far away it just stinks you know it it's an unfun time hopefully it'll all work out for him in the end uh yeah. but hopefully we'll also see him this weekend kill that we've already we've already gotten demonetized <laughs> we weren't getting money anyway. Uh, that's they right. Did yeah, it okay. on purpose already. Well, I just did it for Sid's sake, basically. Right. But no, um, yeah, it. You know, we'll hopefully see him this weekend when Jesse and I go up to New Hampshire Motor Speedway for the inaugural. What the hell is it called? Northeast Classic. Yeah. Sorry, there's so many races going on. I got to try to remember all this stuff right. at once. It's like, oh, we did the icebreaker. Then the uh, spring scissors is coming up soon. And then the, we're talking about the turkey derby that got canceled. And we're going to talk about all this, all these races all at once. So it's all piled into my head. And I am absolutely shot after this weekend. I don't know about you, but I am freaking shot. I went into organ failure on Saturday. I was so tired. Oh, I mean. Thanks, Brent. Uh, I mean. I told this, I talked to people in warmer climates like Phil, he's in Florida, and they get used to being warm all year long. It's like, oh, it, you know, if it's 50 degrees out down there, they're like, oh my God, it's so cold. But here, you know, we're so used to it being cold for six months out of the year, and then we get one day where it's 70 and everybody just falls out. They're like, oh, it's so hot, and it's 70. 70's not hot. You get a 70 degree day in the summer, you're like, ooh, it's kind of chilly out. But no, it, that's what happened this weekend at the Icebreakers. Man, we were at least, you know, not sitting in the rain. I mean, they made the right call. We can't say we can't deny that they didn't make the right call. Um, it did rain on Sunday for anybody keeping score. So, uh, yeah, no, it was it yeah. was good. And you know something, I did talk to, I talked to Buckler about it actually, in in the uh, uh, on uh, in the pit area and whatnot. Mm. He was saying, you know, that uh, number one people were, you know, uh, complaining mostly about the re-enter and enter and uh, uh, cramming everything into one day. And him and I really agreed on this, that uh, Tapley made the right call, honestly. I don't it, think it was all Scott, though. I think there was a lot no, of No, I know, but he involved, was, it, it was more or less his baby. But that's what that's what Buckler said, that it was you know his his decision to do well, it. Well, it's not like he doesn't have any sort of authority over that either. Right, so, and yeah. number one, it, it, how, many, how many World Series have they been? It can crank a show out, no problem. There was no issue. We'll talk about number that, one. obviously. Yeah, number one, he, he, number one, he said, and I agree with him, race fans are actually... The most uh, cooperative fans in all of uh, sports. Yeah, I no agree. No problem. I agree. And it went real quick. It was like ten minutes. Yeah. And as far as the features go and everything, 
We crammed in 10 features, qualifying everything comfortably on Saturday. Was it 10? Well, it was kind of like 10 features. It was, a, it was a lot. It was more than normal, let's be fair. Outlaws, it was definitely more this, than normal. There was that, trucks. It, it, we, it, it was a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, we are absolutely fried from this weekend. Well, because... that's your fault because you wanted to build a whole new race car. The car didn't handle it, and I wanted to win. What do you want from me? Just sit there and suck it? I mean, I'm not going to do that. Um, no, what we're speaking of is... We uh, changed rear springs. Now, we changed can I, socks. I'll go into it. Okay. Um, Friday for practice, we unloaded, and I... Let's be fair, I overth- I overthink, or overthunk. What's the word? I'm so fried, I can't even... Overthought. That's exactly it. When you get tired, you kind of over- really I, overthink. Over- I overthought myself on the setup. You outsmarted yourself. I don't think it was outsmarting. I think it was overthinking. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't really smart. Whatever I did wasn't smart. Uh, but no, we kind of overthought the setup, and we went out on Friday for practice, and I'm like, wow, for all these changes, this car sure as hell isn't faster when it should be faster than what we thought it was going to be. And I was like, oh, maybe it's the tires, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And then I started digging into it, and it's like, no, the car is just not as good as I was hoping. And we were... God, I was at least three-tenths off of what I ran the last time we even raced there. Even with all these chassis upgrades, and I put that in parentheses, and I'm not doc- I'm not knocking the rules, I'm knocking myself for the effort that I put in. And so we, again, we had to work so hard all weekend long, and um, it was just an absolute battle. Not only, oh, producer walked into the studio. <laughs> and... Um, Again, we just we were turning bolts on the. <laughs> Sorry, YouTube viewers. I'm home. We had to turn bolts on the car all weekend long, and overnight we didn't keep the car there overnight because the car was so busy. Just not busy, but we were so busy trying to make the car faster that again it was counterproductive to leave it there when we had to work on it. So we brought the car home. And Jesse and I tore into it from what about four o'clock at night till or four thirty until ten p.m. Yeah, we put at least six solid hours in on I the mean, car all weekend it, long, it or just go- Friday night. Right now, the souls of Bob Potter and my father and everything are slapping me upside the head for even complaining about that because we know that you know they built a car overnight practically and go race the next day. So well, we did not f- complain too too. To much. be fair. I know I did a lot, but we also picked up almost a half a second over the weekend. So yeah. everything we did increased speed. We found a porked bushing on the right rear, and uh, we found a huge bind in the upper control arms. Uh, we played with the rear spring rate to try to improve bite, because that's the biggest problem I had was just getting bite coming out. And uh, other than that, we I think we put, like, let me count, uh, three and a half percent of cross weight in the car <laughs> when all was said and done so we were turning bolts on this thing all weekend long and um god it did not end i mean we came we didn't get much sleep we had to be at the track for our driver's meeting before 8 a.m we had a practice session or two i think i even took both practice sessions i had never practiced this much in my life and I swear to God, I must have run at least two weekends worth of of races in one week. You know what I mean? And I'll be honest, I'm so worn out. It's two days later. I'm still dying here. Um, So we get to Sunday, or not Sunday, it's Saturday. So we take our two practices, and we're done with our practice, but then we have to sit out in the trailer, in the sun, it had to be at least seven hours, you know. It's such a long time. Uh, that's just a product of them trying to get the show in in one day because of the weather. That wasn't poor planning on their part. That was poor weather forecasting. So we're not going to complain anywhere near about that. But we get to, again, the heat race, I think. Actually, no. I'm sorry. Again, foggy brain. Can't think. This is the worst show. Um, we, I found one thing wrong with the car that was pretty serious. Whenever I went over bumps, the car was bottoming out and hitting not only the exhaust on the ground, but it was hitting the left rear caliper 
uh, against the frame rail. And I didn't plan for that because I usually don't run my car that low or I just have a different rear end in the car. And uh, it's, you know, it's a different setup than I'm used to. So we had to iron these little issues out all weekend long. And just, it was one thing after another after another. But we managed to tackle a hell of a lot of them. We didn't get the thing 100%. We were still about 85%. But uh, we did yeoman's work getting that car ready for this for this feature but we did go out in the heat race luckily this is the first time i've had a good draw at the icebreaker in a long long time usually i'm pretty good for drawing uh 50s or 40s for position for the heat race well you you drew that was my doing yeah you need to i need to have yeah well i'm getting to that i need the credit i have to give credit where it's due because jesse told me well why don't you just pick with your other hand and I'm like, that sounds silly, but there's always something you can try. So instead of using my right hand, because I'm right-hand dominant, I went and reached in with my left hand, picked out number two. So Superstition like, sounds stupid to most people, but uh, racing is not like most activities. Superstitions are just one of those things in life that you just can't explain, and I'm not even going to bother even trying. It's there. You just need to figure out how it works. So guess who's picking with their left hand from now on? There you go. Some <laughs> of the, I, I mean, I agree with you. Some, some of these people that, you know, don't change their underwear before bed, you know what? If that's what makes it work for you, do what does it for you, man. Whatever is most comfortable for you, you just it do it. sounds stupid. Yeah. It's it's friggin' dumb. Yeah. It's dumb as all heck. But, but it works. Yeah, it oh, does it work. Microphone. Yeah. But anyway, we went out, and uh, obviously we had a, a quick car. We were a top-five fast car. Uh, everybody was pretty close. Uh, the only car who really unloaded quick, like super quick, like they had it nailed, was Barnett, and we'll talk about him later, obviously. Um, but they found a bunch of bent shit in their car before this season started, and they fixed that, obviously. So um, we get to the heat race, and I managed to grab the lead early and never relinquish it. We picked up our first heat win, which didn't matter, but except for this race, because, you know, it does matter well, it when matters. you're starting position. So you could win this race based on the heat race. Yeah. Cause they line them heads up. Yeah. And I mean, we go, we go, like we go out for the feature. We're going to start second. It's heads mm-hmm. up for the first race of the year. And we start outside pole and Kyle Giro's on the bottom. And I tried, uh, I tried shifting on the restarts. Again, I'm just experimenting with stuff. This is the experimenting is how I learn, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. And you add it to the notebook. Uh, the setup that I had didn't work for bite coming out. I added it to my notebook. Okay, we learned a lesson. Um, that was my prevailing problem the whole weekend was bite, and I know why we did it wrong, or what why it was wrong, and why it doesn't work now. Uh, but again, you got to try stuff if you want to advance, and that's just how it is. And Apparently, yeah. my shifting on the restart's not really great, yeah, so not really... that kind of lost me a lot of time, so I just said, to hell with it. I, yeah. That doesn't work either. So I mean, there was like really four really, really, four or five really fast cars, and, um, you know, it, it's funny because uh, uh, Larry's had a lot of experience with uh, Lochter Renz in the, in the uh, in, he ran the uh, Touring Modifieds uh, for a little bit. Uh, Waterman was was really quick, and he had he started in late models. He started in late models with lock rear ends. Uh, Corey Fanning was very very quick. He 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 has late model experience and Seacon. They run the same thing basically. They're yep they're they're that way too. So so it's no no it's not surprised there. And I think Kyle Giro didn't he race? I don't remember. I don't know Kyle's division. You know, I don't know Kyle's actual background, but I thought that he raced a long time ago and now races again. I don't remember honestly. I, you know, I thought I knew more about his background. Maybe I don't. But again, um, a lot of guys. He's got family notes based on. Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of stuff going on. And again, he's um, a Hewitt, so that's going to be quick. Got to give him that. Gonna be quick. So yeah, I mean, the only locked rear end experience I had because we're talking about locked rear ends. People are like, why are you talking about that? every race car has it? Well, ours didn't for a long time. We yeah. had open rears forever, like thirty years probably. And uh, this season we got rid of them, and uh, none of us are really used to it. And I'll be honest with you, except for you know those guys have had quite a bit yeah, of experience. You had it. some late model experience. I ran a late yeah, model yeah, one some. time and I crashed it. I had mini stock experience with locked rears. So and, you know, we were quick, but so know. I mean, yeah, we we were quick, but you know, again, we were only at about eighty five percent. 
yeah. and we still like, long story short could have been quicker long story short i'll save a lot of the detailed stuff but i'll just go over my recap here uh we ended up third we battled Corey fanning for second it was uh i think it was really clean really fun to watch it was fun to race too we didn't beat the shit out of each other. It was just minor well, just incidental between contact. You, clean and, as in only between you and Corey Fanning. The rest of the division. Was, yeah, it was only between us. Yeah, right. everybody else was yeah. kind of dumb, but we'll get yeah. into that later. But um, other news we have going on. Uh, again, I finished third. We had a good podium run. Uh, they actually gave out trophies for the top three, which was cool. I, yeah, I in feel, all divisions, right. Honestly, I feel like trophies are for winners. Uh, but so I took my trophy home and I gave it to my kid and he loved it and he put it on his shelf and he can have it. That's cool. You know, it's, it's got the plaque on it. it says third place trophy, you know, 2021 sportsman at the icebreaker. Like, here you go, kiddo. He was all stoked. So he enjoyed it. Yeah, but well, I suppose, but it, it makes being in the podiums a little bit more prestigious, I think, because of it the makes amount it a little of more special. Well, I guess. Um, it's the amount of races that are running. You only you have five chances to do it. And you know what? It's, uh, so. It's it makes us feel special as racers to put a little bit more prestige into anything. Basically, uh, we'll get into the Thompson stuff later, obviously. Um, but we have more of our own personal news to touch on. Uh, this is half of the reason why we're still exhausted two days later from the icebreakers because we haven't actually stopped working on race cars. We are getting prepared for the Northeast Classic this weekend on uh, April sixteenth and seventeenth. I want to say right. Mm-hmm. At New Hampshire Motor Speedway, they're going to have, I believe, the Northeast Mini Stock Tour. They're going to mm-hmm. have the American Race Trucks. Is that their name again? Northeast Truck Series? God damn it. Exit sorry. Realty Truck Exit Realty series. Truck Series? Okay. Sorry, Marshall. Um, yeah, they're going to have those guys yep. there. Uh, they're going to have the Open Street Stocks, which is what we're going to run in. They're going to have the ACT. They're going to have the Pass Tour. And they're going to have open modifieds which is going to be cool and i don't know i've read a rule th- that said that they are not requiring restrictor plates on the modifieds so this might be interesting to watch it's only going to be 30 bucks to get in for this show mm. if you're up in new hampshire on saturday go see the show it's going to be cool there's tons of seating yeah uh, it, be, yeah they're going to rise up the second i think uh, the second fastest thing that's been on that track they're probably Next faster the than Indy the car. Cup car. Oh, yes, you're right. Second, the Indy, uh, Indy yeah, car. The Indy car has got the record, of course. But, I forgot about that. But, Will uh, Power flipping off the tower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think the cup, yeah, the cup time is going to go down, I think. I think so, too. It's going to be fun to watch. I guarantee, I'm going to stick around for that one. Actually, I, we have no choice because we're running last, so we, <laughs> we kind of have to stick around. We're the headliners? Uh, we're running last. If we don't make it by dark, then our race gets canceled, I think. Oh, so, Because <laughs> they oh, don't have boy. lights at New Hampshire, and we're starting at 1 p.m., so hopefully we can get a five, six-division show in by 7.30. Okay. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, anyway, uh, so that week, yeah, we've been working absolutely just nonstop crazy hard on Jesse's car to get that ready. Uh, we did a lot of the grunt work already with motor, transmission, rear end, chassis. Uh, now we've been working on body, trying to get that Mostly away lots of time in the wind tunnel. Um, yeah, got the leaf blower with a bag of flour out. Yep, that is a lot of fine-tuning and that, tweaking this, a little bit of that. I don't want to go through all of our secrets here on the show, especially if we're fast. But uh, all the extra hard work is going to be good. I think it's going to handle really good down the straightaway. Uh, next is the corners, and I don't know anything about that. I've never been there. So, Well, we've done it on iRacing a lot. How hard could it be? Yeah. <laughs> Famous last Motorsport simulation now. It's not a game. It's a, it's yeah, a sports yeah. game. It's a simulation. I guess. Sure. Anyway, so, yeah, we're going to be good getting on to that. We only have a few things left, but we've been really <laughs> busting our ass on that thing, trying to get okay. it ready. Um we are down to basically getting the geometry done and the scaling and just getting parts together for spares and packing stuff together. I mean, we, we only have until Thursday and this podcast comes out Monday nights, Tuesday mornings. So yeah, it's precious little time. We're going to be in the shop all week getting this thing ready between work and uh, family duties. So we had to take the seat out because it's borderline legal. I'd say it's illegal by their standards. So by we their to... standards, it may be illegal. So I'm like, oh man. Yeah, I know that was the last oh, minute God. thing today. We figured out the seat was probably not oh. legal. 
Luckily, I had a seat sitting in my garage. We're going to have to... Yeah, which sucks because now I'm either going to have to be either like anorexic or bulimic by the time. And it's probably going to end up being bulimic. So they get all the vitamins and a real real loss of, of uh, weight to, to fit in that thing. I mean, it's going to cram, to cram in like 260 pounds of man meat. Ugh, that's not going to happen. Yeah, seat's a little tight, but we'll adjust it. And I mean, uh, once you're already in there, you're not going to notice it. I'm big bones, so my <laughs> bones have to shrink. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, again, we're not trucking two hours and whatever up to New Hampshire to run a race only to get turned away because oh, of a okay. seat that we already have. You Be know fine. what I mean? So we're ju- we're trying to go through the rule book and make sure we got every, you know, I dotted and T crossed and all, everything checked off that list. I do not want to be turned away because of something stupid that we overlooked. So Thanks to uh, Jim Boyle and Steve Barrett for donating a bunch of 8-inch tires for, that are legal for the event. Yes, uh, yeah, indeed. Thank you to them and Boyle Home Improvement for taking care of those tires for me. That's a big help. I really can't appreciate it enough. Speaking of which, the sponsor, uh, my sponsor, uh, Jeremiah's Antiques up in Putnam, uh, thank you to those guys. They wanted to come watch me race. I guess they couldn't get, get up there to do it and... Uh, well, we brought home a podium for them first race out, so that's a good way to start. Uh, we got a huge notebook to fix stuff and be better for next race. Unfortunately, it's going to be like two months from now, but you know we're going to get it all in in two weekends. So <laughs> we'll be up in New Hampshire this it's weekend. Like binge so eating, basically. Yeah, we're 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 absolutely stuffing ourselves in two weeks, and then we're going to have two months off, and then we're going to be you know hungry for more after that. So. Anyway, enough of our own personal updates. We're probably going to touch on them again later and when we go to the Thompson recap, but uh, into the regular show. Uh, so last week we talked about social media and tracks and their lack of awareness and uh, participation in social media and trying to get news out and other sorts of uh, forms of, of uh, reach with their audiences. Like we touched on the Speed Bowl only posting like once or twice a month. And... It came out that Turkey Derby Day 3 was just canceled outright. I don't know what they're doing with the Turkey Derby. It's like one day a weekend or something. Why couldn't they just run it? I don't know what the regulations are. Again, this is all information we're not receiving, so I don't know what the hell it is. But they canceled their third day due to low interest was exact words. And I said, well, yeah, this is exactly what we were talking about last week. Low interest on the first front, because nobody probably knew about it. You didn't say anything like we were talking about on our social media episode. Um, I didn't then, know anything about it until you just actually mentioned it right now. Well, I had no idea what was going on, and I follow everything. Yeah, we follow everything in the Northeast area, Good not even Lord. New England, you know what I mean? And they also have to figure in the fact that Thursday night, Martinsville had the t- the tour-type modified... Actually, no, it was the NASCAR modified tour. Sorry. And... Thompson was also scheduled for a big tour-type modified event. And what are you going to do with tour-type modifieds at Wall Stadium? You think they're going to show up? No. There's, nobody's going to show up. It's like the K- the last time uh, Thompson tried to host a K&N series race, eight people uh, registered for it because they didn't want to travel to eastern New England. You know, It's just that they were lazy and didn't want to come out here. You know, Back in the day, they would come out here, but not again. Apparently. Uh, so they just canceled that race outright. So, yeah, I mean, again, these tracks are kind of their own worst enemy in the face of uh, if you don't utilize social media to its fullest extent, it's an important tool. Like back in the day, print media and pulling an ad in your local newspapers around everywhere you were and putting ads in it to get people to, you know, come to your track. I remember you, I, I remember seeing big races for like Stafford and Thompson used to take out full page color ads in the newspaper and stuff. So they utilized that form of media to gain their audience to come to the track. But now print media is kind of dying anyway. And social media is really taken over. If you know how to do it right, you can get people to come and to, and to watch these races. So when you don't use it, we bring it up on the show, and then it comes out that you cancel a race due to lack of interest. Well, it's like, well, either it's poor planning or it's all a failure on your own part. So, anyway. Thank you. Here, you want to know how to do it? Do it kind of like this. Hold on. I'm going to unmute the tab. Oh. 
Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. It's ground pounding, heart stopping, quarter mile mayhem. As big Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. It's ground pounding, heart stopping, quarter mile mayhem. As big Daddy Don Garlitz and Don the Snake Bruno chase three time top fuel eliminator world champion Shirley Chacha Muldowney down the quarter mile of death in their 7,000 horsepower Ooh, nitro burning suicide machines as they shake hands with the devil when they scream to the burning gates of hell. We'll sell you the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. Well, at least Be there. I don't know where they're racing, but I want to go now. I know. Like, I, I just. I just I need to be there now. <laughs> that was a yeah. That was a yeah. I mean that's, that's old cliche. The speedball borrowed that, you know, which it works. Even if it's an old cliche, it works. Uh, but that was actually uh, US thirty drag uh, drag strip back in uh, Chicago. Yeah, US but 30, yeah, but think about it. That was probably a radio part. ad that they turned into some sort of video. Yeah, part. it's a radio ad, which is pictures from for for YouTube and whatnot. For, Obviously, for, for yeah. that sake. But it was. Uh, you know, everybody did the Sunday, Sunday, Sunday thing from Steve Evans because it worked. Yeah. I mean, it, brought, it put butts in the chairs, man. Think about the picture that they just painted right there. Dueling down the quarter mile of death and flames and wreckage and blah, death-defying shaking hands with the devil. I'm like, I want to be there. <laughs> shaking hands with the devil? Flames? That's what he said. Fired? I'm like, oh my God, I need to be there. The devil went down to Georgia? Let's uh, go watch this musical. All right. I mean, Jesus, I needed to go right now. But yeah, no, it's like, again, they do nothing and then expect people to show up because what you think the tracks st- like if you're not having a media, pre- I know we killed this horse last week, but if you don't have a media presence, people forget you exist. People, you got to think of, ha- of people as having a 24 hour memory because that's essentially what they have now. You know, for the longest time, people didn't even know if Waterford was even open. Well, it's called a 24-hour news cycle. Well, there's and that, too. It, it, that, that's pretty much for everything. Uh, to capture somebody's attention, it's 24 hours. Right, because you'll forget everything that happened the day after, if it's not important enough, I suppose. Yeah. So speaking of one of the races that was running conflict to uh, Wall Stadium, and let's be fair... Uh, the NASCAR Whalen Modified Tour returning to Martinsville. Uh, they're going to go there over Wall Stadium any day of the week anyway. They'd probably go there over Thompson, for God's sakes. Um, but that was... Uh, I, Martinsville and the Mod Tour need each other. They have to go there, you know? I've heard people saying, oh, why don't they go to Richmond? It's like, no, 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 no. That doesn't... No. You know, we don't... There's certain specific places that the tour has history at, like Loudon. Loudon's fan fantastic. Yep. Okay, Martinsville, that's fantastic. Thompson, Stafford, their mainstays. Obviously, Thompson's gone now because you know reasons. Stafford's still on the tour schedule, I think, with a waiver. But go to these mainstays. You know, you'll gain that. Oh, I, you know, once COVID regulations go away because these states are ridiculous with them now, um, you'll have these awesome shows that play a lot of uh, history in, in especially that series. And we could dive into North Wilkesboro and the series on that, ob- or the uh, seriousness of the history on that and stuff. But we, we, again, we're just beating dead horses. You know, we could make a sauce out of these horses. They're so beaten. Um Anyway, back to the glue factory. Yeah, yeah, right into the glue factory. Uh, so Ryan Priest dominated this tour race at Martinsville. It was their first time back at Martinsville in eleven years, I think, yeah. which is important. And again, the Long the modifieds time. at places like Martinsville and New Hampshire, they put on a killer show. There's no denying it. Absolutely no denying it. Um, he he dominated until a late yellow. They came in and had a pit stop. Team had issues. They were they looked really confused. I don't know what they were doing. Ryan was incredibly animated over the well. You could watch him in the cab uh, or the cabin, I should say, because uh, we watched the race on NBC Sports Gold Track Pass, which we'll get into the coverage at the end of this thing or lack thereof. Okay, <laughs> that was the right term. Actually, there you go. Not, he was right. I was not. You may continue. Um, okay. Sorry for the uh, interruption. No, that was correct. <laughs> It was it was an actual correction. Okay, so Ryan Priest dominated until the late yellow. A lot of pit issues. They seemed really confused. He went a lap down after leading. Really, really just unfortunate. He was super pissed. Um, two guys who 
you don't normally see at the front of tour races were having absolutely killer days. We got to mention them. Uh, Kyle Ebersole, he had an absolutely stout run. He was top five all day long or around the top five all day. They had a late mechanical issue about halfway or a little after halfway, and he dropped out. Uh, I don't remember if he came back or not, but he had an absolutely killer run. And Tyler Ripkema. Now, people forget that Tyler actually won a race down at New Smyrna uh, during, I think it was a few years ago, he won one of the Tour Modified races, and he surprised Mm -hmm. everybody with that. He's a solid runner, but I don't think he's got anywhere near the budget that a lot of these guys do. Um, But he had an absolutely solid second-place finish here at Martinsville. And we have to all be very sorry to Eric Goodale, not for winning the race, because it was like his, I think it was only his fourth career NASCAR Wheel Modified Tour win. So he's got a handful. But when the coverage, you know, the coverage of the race is, you know, watching, you know, the you watch the coverage. He's got the camera on him. He's turned around in turn one, ready to go back, do a little half Polish victory lap back to victory lane. He pulls up to victory lane. They don't even get the banner to him. They don't even get the stuff onto the car. And they're like, okay, thanks for watching. And they just cut coverage. Zero interviews, zero podium interviews. Don't even talk to the winner. And I'm like, where was the fire? I mean, what there was, was the hurry? Zero, you could have spared five damn minutes. What was the hurry? I mean, how much co- How much? I mean, what are you guys paying these? Uh, paying your crew by the second or something? Seriously, uh, and what were you? What was going to preempt the friggin' show? I what, what was going to what was going to stop it? What are they going to? Are they trying to like make room for the Oscars or, or the Super Bowl or something? Yeah, you know what happened at the end? Screen what? went blank and said, "Thanks for watching." That's all you got. That's I all mean, they had. The there hurry? was no other episodes coming up. There was nothing else on the table. What was the problem? <laughs> But I was I was trying to be like devil's advocate and be like, well, maybe they were tape delaying it for NBCSN and they were going to have the interviews on that when they show it on cable TV and this and that. And then I thought, and I'm like, wait a minute, no, they usually do interview them. And somebody correct Bonsa uh, from Stafford actually corrected me. He's like, no, I went back and looked. They they usually interview them. And I'm like, guess I'm wrong. <laughs> I was definitely wrong. So yeah, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty piss poor. If you're not going to interview the damn winner Dude. after over a damn decade of not being there, and the guy just—that's probably the biggest freaking win of his life. You know, the guy's bringing home a grandfather clock. It's yeah, it's one of the best trophies in in all of racing, and it's a huge event on the tour. That just and sucks. You can't even get the names right. You can't even. Oh, don't even. You get can't me even on that go shit. on. On instant replays, you don't have a director or anything. It, not even one, you got maybe one guy in the in a in a cargo van or something. Just go okay, it's camera boom. Okay, okay, ready two, camera two, boom. Okay, one ready, camera one, boom. That's all he's had. He didn't have to even shuttle anything back to like to to okay, rewind it and then go forward, rewind, go forward. You can't even do that. It's probably w- freaking. It's probably one teamster sitting in a tractor trailer somewhere yeah. with a cigarette in his fingers with like two inches of ashes at the end of it while he's oh, pushing it's even a worse than the teamsters and maybe sag <laughs> oh whatever Ugh. anyway sorry. so that's really unfortunate sorry eric goodale um you know i bet he probably doesn't even really care he probably you know, you know would you care i would to a very small extent but the only thing i'd really care about was holding know, a man. checkered flag and getting to hug a trophy you could you could hug a grandfather clock. That thing is huge. Ding ding, you know, you know. It's time for victory lane uh bush lattes. Let's go. I guess so. You know, it's oh well. Yeah. He probably doesn't feel as bad. He's probably gonna get interviews with Kyle Ricky on MRN's uh oh, yeah. podcast no, and other daily shows that they do and stuff, so you can't take it away from him, so they always revisit it. So good for him, that's fine. Yeah. You know, absolutely. All right, so um Thompson Icebreaker was this weekend. Finally, some local, local racing, racing news. Good news. news, everyone. Local racing. Good news. We're back to local racing. All right. So I need to start off with, uh, I got to give a hell of a lot of credit to uh, Cur- um, Michaud and Mayberry. I keep saying Curly. Jeez, how old am I? <laughs> 
Um, anyway, yeah, the, the crew of the ACT and Pass who leased this track, the Michaud and Mayberry team, I mean, just a phenomenal job. You know, they ran this show like clockwork. I mean, they got really good officiating staff. They got really good people behind it. They made smart decisions with the weather forecast. They made good choices with the scheduling and, and whatever was sold on pay-per-view and the tickets that were pre-sold. And, and everything went at every, a good pace. And everything was at great pace. And I got to speak up about this because as a racer, <laughs> yes, a round of applause is definitely in order. Um, but I need to talk about this as a racer. It was really kind of odd but very refreshing that I didn't have to pay to register a number. All I did was just pay 55 cents for a stamp, and I sent it into, you know, Vermont or wherever it was supposed to go. I forget where it had to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't have to pay that. I just spent 10 minutes filling out a form that I printed out on the Internet and shipped it off to Vermont, and we were good to go. Um, I didn't have to buy a license either. That's NASCAR license, like 110 bucks. I didn't have to pay that. Back in the wallet. Oh, he didn't click it. There it goes. So, yeah, if you registered, like, if you had NASCAR back in the day and you had to register back in the day, like two years ago or a year ago, or if you go to Stafford or somewhere, you have to pay 50 bucks to register a number. Then you need to pay 100 bucks for a license. So you're out 150 damn dollars on stuff you're never going to see a return on. Um, I know that money goes to other things. Don't, don't at me, okay? But it was just super refreshing. And then... The show ran like clockwork. You knew what to expect. Mm-hmm. They stuck to the schedule. They got the thing in. The cleanup crews were great. You know, the drivers were eh, halfway respectable. Some of them. Not, I'm not going to speak for everybody. <laughs> um, speak for your speak amongst yourselves on that one, depending on how your night went. Um, but also, here's something I never had as a racer: payout at the end of the night. Yeah. Uh, we, I, I have, but I, it was when I went down south. Yeah, it's down south. A lot of people yeah. do that. But up here, that's kind of unheard of, especially in Connecticut. I mean, it used to be a thing where you just go to the window and get cash and take off. But lately, in the last 20, 30 years, it's really not a thing. You had to wait for your check to come in. Um, but yeah, towing the trailer out. I stopped at the uh, handicapper's booth. They recognized me, know who I was. Walked in, they said, here you go, here's your check, and by the way, you got a trophy sitting over there because you finished third. I'm like, oh, cool, kid will love that. So, again, it's just, I got to give a lot of credit. You know, it was a lot less stressful, it was a lot less money, it was just, you know, for as long and hard as we had to work, it was still a really good time. It was very professional, and I appreciate it. The only real beef I had was I was very confused by why people who bought a two-day pass had to go to the infield. I'm sure there was some method to their madness. I don't know what that was, you know, really for. But it again, they had to know something. But well, it's again, easy. I, I don't it's know. easy to be confused when you when you can't see what's going on. So that's just uh, but I used, of ignorance. That's I, not I used the time wisely, and I walked over to the corners, and I went to see how sticky certain lines were. So I was trying to learn the track and see how greasy or tacky some of the lines were. And I actually learned a, a few things. I figured out that my— I made a lap in Scooty Puff. Yeah, junior. our dad's old electric scooter, Jesse, took his speed app out and did a lap in the scooter doing—how fast was it? 20 miles an hour. The thing went 20 miles an hour, a little electric scooter. Down the back stretch. That's probably why the battery's dead. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't we get into a few results? All right, so NEMA lights. I I got to keep this in mind, people. I didn't actually watch any of the features except for my own. Um, I just don't like leaving my trailer unattended, so it's really kind of hard <sighs> to go watch. You know, because personally, I just don't trust people, so I just can't just take well. off. You know what I mean? Um. Anyway, uh, Nima Lights, Bobby Santos picked up that win. Um, let's I, Again, didn't see it, so I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I believe this race was on. And sp- we were working. We were, yeah. We were working. Yeah, we had to take my car over the scales to get the ride heights up because I was bottoming out on my. You got a notch of frame. Everything. Yeah, I got to. Again, this is all bugs I got to work out. So we were fixing stuff. So for the Pro All-Star Series, 
one of the hottest drivers in super late models, I'd say in the country, picked up that win. And Derek Griffith won that. Yeah. Uh, Street Stock Open event. Uh, actually, was a lot less. I did catch the end of that because we were busy yeah. BSing with Boyle and uh, Steve Barrett and uh, making a good tire deal, which, thanks, guys, it's really going to help us out a lot, obviously. Um, but we missed most of that race, but I guess not a lot happened. I was getting texted updates from uh, Phil. He was watching that race. And uh, Paul Newcomb won that event. Uh, Keith Rocco won the SK race after that, or maybe before that. Uh, I don't remember what the schedule actually was. I'm just kind of going off of what my laps told me. Uh, but he had hip surgery. That that came out. I don't remember if we said that last week or not, but he had left hip replaced, uh, and he's only like 35, so must be standing on a lot of concrete floors doing a lot of engines and stuff. So um, I would say I feel your pain, but it's not in my hip. It's in my knees. So, <laughs> um, so he picked up that win. Uh, I did see the end of the truck race because Phil texted me the video because I was protecting my stuff because I'm paranoid. Um, Gerard Giordano won the truck race. He had a killer battle with Ryan Van Ass in the last lap. And they diving under each other, beating the crap out of each other, bumping and banging, and, and Giordano p- picked him off on the last corner, last lap. Killer race. Um, Tom Carey won the late model event. Uh, was the ACT there, or was it actually just the late models this week? I think Pass had this one, and then the ACT will come in. I forget how that works. But they do have regular late models. P.S. Since the ACT is involved in the leasing of the track, um, the purse for the late models increased pretty dramatically. Uh, They used to get paid like seven hundred bucks to win. Now they get paid twelve fifty. So you have some serious incentive to go and run that late model up at uh, Thompson. So keep that in mind, folks, if you're listening. At the cost of other people, other divisions. Yeah, at the cost of other divisions. I sorry. Well, that's only a that's only a little bit, kind of. Okay, I say that because the other divisions got less to win, like us and the minis and the SK lights. However, we also get more to start. It might be three fifty to win a sportsman race now instead of five hundred. But instead of it being twenty five bucks to start, it's now a hundred bucks to start. You know what so that they, sounds like to me? It sounds like communism. I agree. It's to spread, they're spreading the wealth over. Everyone gets trophy. Everyone gets wealth, or lack thereof. <laughs> it does sound like that, doesn't it? How about it? food? Do you get food? I'm not paying ten bucks for a cheeseburger. No. No. That's okay. It sounds like food shortage. I might as well come out and come clean with it. Um, if anybody was pit around the back of the mountain uh, where we were and saw smoke pouring out of a trailer thinking it was on fire, I greatly appreciate your concern and running over to our trailer thinking that it was on fire. But it was because we were grilling burgers and we bought we. I bought the cheap burgers and they might have caught fire a little bit. But it was just a minor, you know, if you're grilling on your back deck and the burgers flare up a little bit, that's basically what it was. And they smoke pretty heavily. I literally had people running over to our pit. Run. Concerned that. I have no idea what that one is. But anyway. Run. (laughs) Just he's having fun with the board over there. But no, we had people coming over and being like, "Oh my god, is your trailer on fire?" And we're like, "No, I I I bought the cheap burgers." And I had to like sheepishly put my head down. And I'm like, "Don't buy cheap burgers." So the next day, we grilled outside on the picnic table that I brought with me to avoid any other fear or catastrophe or fake catastrophe in the Okay, so I I know I just Yeah, we were kind of fried in there. Luckily, Uncle Mark was there to save our ass. So he should have been the cook anyway. Yeah, I know. Yeah. What are you doing let me near stove? Yeah, this was all our fault. So this moves us on to the feature that I actually participated in, the limited sportsman feature. Um, we did a, a, our race pretty much towards dusk, dark. I know I'm not doing these in any sort of order. I'm just kind of going, again, 
by what my laps told me. Larry Barnett, who unloaded the fastest out of anybody else, won this race. Uh, I will say there was uh, moments at the beginning that I was very concerned about because I almost got wrecked when the leaders got together and turned around and uh, Kyle Gero was facing towards me. If anybody saw my Instagram story the other day, uh, yeah, I, I put, oh dear, and I tagged him in it. And basically we were nose to nose and I was driving through a cloud of smoke. Um, I know that uh, Scott Tapley originally made a call that said that uh, the 19 was at fault for turning himself around, but he did go back and watch a replay and he said, nope, uh, we're going to put Waterman to the back for that because I saw a replay. So he, he went out and corrected himself on the call, which I applaud. If you're going to make a call, you got to make it right. It's and I've, so ridiculous. Everybody in the property knew that it was going to happen. Everybody did. I mean, how could you just wipe your wipe your mental slate clean? You know, years upon years of having to do extra work. And how, you just go, oh, 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 I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. How can you give that? You can't give him the benefit of the doubt. That's ridiculous. I mean, seriously, uh, you all, knew it was going to happen. I'm all for you know. I, I knew it was going to happen. Well, here's the thing: I'm all for hoping people change. And I know Scott. Blackbird. <laughs> Yikes! That's loud. Um, but again, um, sometimes people don't. I mean, that's just again. You got to go into it with an open mind as a as an official, I'm sure, and you know it's just. And then and then the guy wrecks his car, and then the same guy that does it over upon over upon over again, and is like, you can watch your your uh, participation count dwindle. The longer the guy runs there, the car counts go down, and you and you wonder why. Oh wait a minute, uh, let's just send him to the back. You know, I, it doesn't matter who it is. It's, I don't agree with the fact that if somebody gets turned around and then gets wrecked, I don't agree with the person who got them turned around going to the back. I think that they should just get thrown out. You know what I mean? Because it would allow for cleaner racing. You wouldn't get into somebody and wreck them if, like, if, again, somebody gets turned around and then later on somebody comes down and pile drives them, which is what happened, wrecks both of them out of the race. Why I mean, are you still allowed to participate? The guy you know, finished fourth. Yeah. And and you got a wrecked race car. How is that? You get, your job is to make it right. There were two wrecked race cars. The job of a race director is to make it right. And you didn't make it right. I'm sorry. But you didn't make it right. You, if you, you just, have to have a guy's personal history taken into account. I agree that if you just turn somebody around, like if they go in the infield, okay, you're going to the back. But if you turn somebody around and they get wrecked. Yeah. You should probably I go mean, home. I mean, there's a race. Incident, I know that would probably apply to me. Constant sometime, racing but incidents. Again, it's that all bullshit. I agree that yeah, someday it could apply to me, and you know, if I don't make that mistake or or be that yeah, you know, you don't be that do it way. every single week. Every single week. If I, yeah, and it's it always would, just racing until it happens the, to them. You know, that's what I'm. What I'm proposing is a rule where you would essentially be forced to race clean. If you don't want to get thrown out of a race due to even incidental contact, don't make incidental contact. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it, it, I don't know. The so, judgment call is a judgment call, but for God's sakes, you you know, it was for the lead of the race, and you get a brand new car destroyed because of it. Yeah, I feel bad for Kyle on that over one. Over and over and over again. It's always somebody else's. You I know, do. I just want to take Ryan's fat head just once and just kind of like, Pick it with a like a a little pin or something, just to let the fluid drain, so there's not so much pressure on the brain. Just once, just squeeze the ooze out of it. Just a little bit, and maybe it might alleviate things. I'm not sure if that's scientifically possible, but so, it's worth a try, people. I do want to give. A little bit of shit to Larry Barnett because I told Phil and I told a bunch of other people, I said, I I know Larry's got a fancy new body and he's not posting it on Facebook, but Phil sent me the picture because Larry sent me it or Larry sent him that picture. So I knew about it anyway. And I told Phil, I said, 
I'm going to put a goddamn donut on that pretty little car of his. He can't come here with a nice clean car and expect to get away with it. <laughs> so Larry, again, fast. I had drive-off problems. I couldn't get to the power fast enough. He definitely could. And I got shuffled to the high side because I essentially started on the high side. So it was really hard to get grip up there because that's where all a lot of the rubber was. And that crappy pass and tour rubber is just garbage. It sucked up top. Could not get to the throttle at all, so I was just getting freight trained. Um, but Larry came down, came up and, and got near me, and I just kind of leaned on him down the front stretch, and there was a perfect little donut right behind his front tire. I was so proud of myself. I got... <laughs> I think he was a little irritated that I dirtied up his nice new body, but bro, don't put a fresh, brand new $2,800 body on a sportsman. We're going to ruin it for you. Don't bring a fresh body. I will dent it up for you. All animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. Right. (laughs) Gravy, that was loud. (laughs) Not an angry comrade. But anyway, um, your stuff. Corey Fanning and I, I, I eventually figured out how to get my car to go again. Uh, the car started coming to me at the end, and the thing could just drive in and through center perfect, but if I touch the throttle again, bite off problems, which I think we can solve. Uh, but we put on a killer battle. Uh, we you know, managed to race each other super clean, only minor contact, incidental stuff, nobody getting knocked around. And I got, actually, I got a lot of compliments from people saying, you guys put on the best side-by-side show of the night. Corey's a, he's a heck of a driver. I'll he's a tell dig- you, it, it, you guys put on a really good race there. He's a digger. You know, For, he can get um, after it. His time in Seekonk has taught him to, you know, the way he defended his position, he didn't give you any room at all. Well, he doesn't have but to. He didn't, but he didn't take anything egregiously away either. He doesn't have to give me uh, no room, you know. You know, and uh, he, he took, he gave you the bare minimum. And and that's not an insult on him at all. That's no. that's the that's the nature of, of running at Seekonk, and it's really a compliment. Yeah. You know, the guy had a lot of really good precision driving there. That was uh, yeah. You know, you, you did the best you could, and the only way you're going to get by him is if you is if you make contact. So the only way you're going to pass him, you know, and and it's just you know he he runs really hard. He runs I mean, good I, I probably could have. Well. I probably could have just le- can do. I probably yeah. could have leaned on him a little bit and just moved him out of the way a little bit more every corner, but I just I wanted to race. You know what I mean? I didn't want to. Yeah. I didn't want to get into an elbow bashing match. And it's the first race nah, of the year. No for that. It's the first race of the year. You know, I don't want to make an enemy. I don't want to screw up. I don't want to ruin my night because I accidentally no, wheel hopped very and well. He came got up very into well. him. Yeah, I mean, we did great. Yeah. So whatever. It is absolutely. It was a good night. Uh, everybody was happy at the end who, you know, managed to finish basically. Uh, but yeah, Barnett, congrats. He hasn't won since 2017. Can you believe that? Yeah, I can believe that because I haven't won since 2017. So. That's true. Yeah. So been a drought for a, little, a couple of the old guys here. <laughs> so yeah, that was a 70th career win. God damn old man. Um, save some for the rest of us young guys. And I'm not even that old. I mean, young anymore, so whatever. So let's move on. Uh, mini stocks. You know, I looked through the list of drivers in the mini stocks, and I'm like, I don't recognize like anybody anymore. <laughs> like the whole division's changed. Uh, anyway, uh, Jared Roy picked up the win in that division. Uh, the second, I think there was another really killer finish. I watched the video of that. It was the SK Light Race. Anthony Bello uh, driving one of Paul French's car. Paul was actually right behind us in the scales. Uh, when we were fixing the ride heights on our car. And uh, we were talking to Paul for a bit, and he said good luck. So, um, But, yeah, his driver just dive bomb on the last lap, killer freaking move, got the job done, got him to the line. Um, just you, you got to applaud the effort. So that was a pretty killer win. And to round out the night, Ronnie Silk won the Outlaw Modified event, picked up, I think they pay like ten grand to win these shows, so they're going to get killer fields. That's uh, You don't need NASCAR to have killer tour mod racing around here. So that was, that was it for Thompson for that evening. And then, uh, again, Jesse and I haven't stopped working on race cars since. So why don't we run through the big race results real quick here since we're racing towards the one-hour mark. Uh, God, I, that was a terrible pun, and I didn't even mean that. I apologize. 
Yeah. Sid's giving me the thumbs down on that one. No, I didn't plan it. Sorry. Uh, Josh Berry won. Yep, I know. I get it. I deserve it. Josh Berry won the Xfinity race at Martinsville. I believe it was his 14th career start in the series. But the guy is absolutely killer. Uh, he's that finally, was a popular one. That's a very popular one. That's going to be a popular one. That's a, I like, seems like a good dude, you know? I like the guy. He dedicated it to all the short track racers. He says yeah. there's a lot of us out there who have the talent. We just need the opportunity. And the guy got his opportunity by digging. You know, he had to dig to get the ride with Junior Motorsports to run a late model stock program. He's digging in the program to get sponsorship. He races. He used to race uh, the late model stocks, and he still does for a living. Mm-hmm. Like he digs to get that, and he won the Martinsville 300 race. Uh, he's won on the Cars Tour. He's won championships. He was last year's NASCAR National Champion Division One, and Junior went and put him in the car. I don't even know if he's going to be full-time or not now. It depends on sponsorship or something, I guess. But it was supposed to be a part-time deal, but now he's won a race, so who knows. But you know what? I like the guy. He's a short tracker. Guy's 30 years old. He's still getting after it, still chasing that dream. And we can all be so lucky. Congrats, Josh Berry. And i got to give it up to NASCAR here because, you know what, they battled weather all freaking weekend i mean thursday they had weather for the tour mod race friday they got rained out for the xfinity race saturday they got rained out for the cup race they had to move everything to sunday sounds kind of familiar doesn't it a mm, little bit a little bit oh everything little racing bit. on one day yeah imagine if they had the truck series too good grief luckily they got lights at martinsville now um but anyway farton truex oh i keep saying that uh martin true i can't i can't not call him farton because it's just a I'm not not a fan of the guy, but I'm not also a fan. I, 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 whatever. I'm, hold on. Hold I'm kind of neutral. <laughs> Dad jokes are not. <laughs> Dad jokes are not acceptable. Apparently, <laughs> I am a parent. I am allowed to have dad jokes. Farton Truex won the cup race at Martinsville. Uh, I'll go now. Anyway, all right. So last thing. I didn't really watch the cup race enough. I was too busy working on Jesse's car. So whatever. I didn't know if there was anything totally worthwhile of talking about. Whatever. We were this is a short track program. Screw them. Uh, so last last note I got here, Stafford sent out a tech bulletin when I was literally driving over here, mm-hmm. you know, from Jesse's shop to home. And I read the email from Scott Running. He says Ta- uh, Stafford's tech bulletin was banning the use of carbon fiber seats at their track, even in open modifieds. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, what the hell short tracker can afford one anyway? Uh, But, I mean, I figured it would only matter if it was SFI approved. I mean, if you're running an SFI approved seat, what the hell's the difference? I mean, there's there's buco bucks and you get the price of yeet. I mean, if you can... Guys who afford race cars, especially high, you know higher dollar short track cars, they're gonna buy anything anyway. They're gonna you know they can afford whatever they want. Again, the only thing that really matters is if it's a safe seat. If it's SFI approved, what's the difference? I would love to know their reasoning. So if anybody from Stafford would like to shoot me a message at uh, makinglapspodcast at gmail dot com or yeah, uh, DM just, the show on curious. Facebook or hit me up at brinkleyson one on Instagram and Twitter. Just let me know. I would love to know why exactly. They made this rule change. What? All right, I am out what? of notes. Jesse, you got anything else? Um, nah, not really. All right, I wasn't. Gonna, I was gonna. I'm gonna bust balls, but I think I'm not gonna. I think we did enough ball busting for today. Yeah, I made enough enemies today. I got one more question. Uh, I know this is a sore subject, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Please no. <sighs> Do you want to talk about the F1 driver lineup for 2021? I mean, uh, you mean that there aren't they racing anyway? I uh. And he has died of boredom again. Oh, with his last breath, he hands me a drawing of a penis. Apparently, um. Nope. Is this? Oh. Oh, he sent me his his uh, ats on social media. 
Okay, so you can find this podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find it on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, etc., etc. He's twitching and he's moving his camera. Oh, no. No, he's dead. Okay. So anyway, you can find us on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast. You can find us on, oh, you can send us an email at Making Laps Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Sid's View. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at BrinkLeeson01. You can find Phil, who is absent today. We're thinking about him at P Jakes, P J A C Q U E S Racing on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, and Jesse, you can find on gab.com slash trapped in purgatory, facebook.com slash a lifeless object alive, and uh, Twitter at awaiting reprisal. What is this? You get Jesse. Oh, I get it. <laughs> Yeah, we're back, baby. Rating blood. And we are Okay, Raji, how do you end this thing? Okay, I guess I'll do it. Keep the dirty side down and stay out of the fence. Thank you for listening to my season.